evening, everyone. So when I was younger, I was such a scaredy cat. And if we just show the first slide on here, you can actually see that's a picture of me literally being scared of a cat that my mum mom said I had to pose next to. Um, and then if we move on to the next slide, so moving off the bowl picture, um, there's a picture of my sister and I in India on an elephant. I'm the one in the red and white dress looking like I think I'm about to die because I was so scared, um, whereas my sister's quite chilled out. Um, and that's pretty much how I was. I was very scared of most things. I used to cry easily at most things. And my parents were always worried that I would just kind of fall apart if anything ever happened to me, because I was so easily shaken by the slightest thing. And this continued when I was older. So I remember when I first started my first job out of university and a girl at work just shouted out in front of everyone at work um, that I should take a course in assertiveness when I was afraid to ask a question. And I just remember all my work colleagues just laughing at me and I was just mortified. So anyway, this evening I'm going to be talking to you about how God can take us and all of our weaknesses and use them to show his power in us for greater things than we can ever imagine. But we need to trust him and take a step of faith. There's an American evangelist called Todd White, um, and he said that we should be Godfident. Not confident in ourselves, but confident in God in terms of his plan for us and what he can do. Are there areas in your life where you feel like God is asking you to take a step of faith and be Godfident? Maybe as Jerry mentioned earlier, it's, it's serving at church or having an uncomfortable conversation with someone to share your faith um, or praying for someone or coming to the front to receive prayer or give a prophetic word. Or maybe you're here for the first time and you need to take a step of faith and let Jesus in your heart. Tonight we're going to be looking at Gideon and how he went from being weak to becoming Godfident and an unexpected hero. To set the scene, we are in a period of time where the Israelites are continuing to turn against God by worshipping other gods called Baal and Asherah, despite being brought out of slavery from Egypt into the Promised Land. So God has given them into the hands of the Midianites who are persecuting them. So as a result of that, they've now cried out to God for help, and he's just reminded them of all he's done for them and how he wants them to worship him and him alone. So if you could turn with me to Judges chapter 6, verse 11 to 18, sorry. Um, And if you have the Blue Bible here, it's page 248. The words will also come up on the screen behind me. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abiezrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. 
the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. And the Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Gideon replied, If now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. I love the fact that Gideon is just so polite. Um, he's kind of, pardon me, my Lord. Um, but he's also really honest. He's not afraid to say he's weak or, or ask where God is in this time of persecution. Can you imagine coming from like the weakest group of Israelites and within that being like the least in your family? So essentially a nobody in the eyes of the Israelites and God calling you a mighty warrior and telling you that you're going to defeat your biggest persecutors. It sounds so unbelievable that I'm not surprised that um, Gideon asked for a sign and he continues to ask for signs later on in the chapter, but he remains obedient. He makes an offering to God. He then does what God asks him to do, which as we read in verse 25, he's told to tear down your father's altar to Baal and build a proper altar to God. In verse 27, we read, so Gideon took 10 of his servants and did as the Lord told him. But because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. So even though Gideon is clearly scared, he trusts God, stepping out in faith to do what he asks, knowing that everyone else will turn against him. And in fact, they do. They even threaten to kill him. I think this highlights that it doesn't matter how we do things, like Gideon being afraid and taking down the altar at night when no one can see him. It's the fact that we're having the courage to take that step of faith. And when we do, God blesses it. Gideon goes on to become a mighty warrior, he trusts God when he's asked to reduce his army from 32,000 to just 300. And he defeated the Midianites as God prophesied that he would. Victory is not about the numbers, but about trusting God. God can do a lot with very little. It's about being Godfident. God often chooses the weakest to show his power at work. Jesus, like Gideon, was an unexpected hero. Through his confidence, he also became a mighty warrior who fought, died, and rose again for us. And we can be confident in his strength rather than ours. I can really relate to Gideon, um, as I shared earlier, being very afraid and the weakest in my family and having faced my own battles, um, as we all do. So I want to share a part of my story that I hope will encourage you to trust God and be Godfident. Two years ago, I had to face my biggest fear. Out of the blue, I was diagnosed with early stages of cancer. I had to have an operation and a month's intensive radiotherapy treatment. 
Soon after that, I had to have keyhole surgery to test for two other types of cancer. Thankfully, the results were all clear. But a few months later, I fell to my lowest point. My cancer medication led to benign tumors growing so quickly inside me that I struggled to bend to put my shoes on. I even struggled to eat because there was no kind of space inside me as the tumors had grown so big. I became the size of someone who's six months pregnant, which isn't very easy to hide when you're quite small. Um, so then I then had to have a major operation, which basically meant that I would never be able to have children. And this was the hardest news to accept. I thought it was some kind of sick joke because I absolutely love children so much. I didn't understand why that would be taken away from me so cruelly. And I was still getting over the whole cancer thing. It just, it, it all just happened in a space of just six months. It was an incredibly painful and difficult time in my life. But I'm so thankful for the things that God did during that time and how he helped me to trust him. And I wanted to just share a few of these things with you this evening. God gave me a noticeable strength and joy that could only be from him. As I'd never imagined I'd be able to have that at such a dark time in my life, especially given what I was like before, the one that everyone thought would crumble if anything went wrong in life. My manager at work actually thought I was putting a brave face on um, because she couldn't believe how happy I seemed. And one of my old school friends said, oh, you know, you seem so okay. Do you think it's your faith that's helped you through this? And many Christian and non-Christian friends commented on my positivity and strength. And I can honestly say I, I wasn't faking it. I was totally amazed as I hadn't realized God's strength in me. I was full of his joy and that God in me was a, being a living testimony to them. Those I tried to talk to God about but failed miserably. Here was their chance to see he's real. I always feared actually that if I ever got sick, I would just be on my own. But I was overwhelmed by the love and care I got um, from my friends and my family who are here this evening. Um, God spoke through others and gathered them around me at low points. I remember a worship pastor from my old church got in touch via Facebook, just out of the blue. She was at New Wine, and she said she woke up in the night and felt so prompted to pray for me. I mean, even though we weren't like close friends or anything, she said that she prayed for me that night in the middle of the night and wanted to encourage me that the Lord loves me so much. And it was just what I needed to hear because I was at such a low point and I just couldn't believe it. She had no idea what was going on in my life. And there were a couple of incidents like that that kind of happened. I also have a non-Christian colleague at work in my team. We started on the same day and, and unfortunately soon after um, we started, she lost her dad. And so I offered to pray for her and it was the first time, and I didn't realize until afterwards, and she said, I was so moved by that. It's the first time anyone's ever prayed for me. Anyway, throughout my illness, she kept sending me encouraging text messages saying she was praying for me, which is just amazing. The girl that had never been prayed before was praying for me. Um, and I just happened to have a Christian doctor who had spent most of my appointments trying to encourage me in my faith and trust God. 
He even prayed before every operation. He prayed before my operation and was praying that I would be okay emotionally as well as physically. And my recovery was um, miraculously quick, as my family can vouch for. Literally, the first day of my operation, I went in in the morning. I came out in the evening. I was just walked out on my own with my sister. My mum came and saw me, and I was, like, just waving at her. And she came to collect me in the car, had my dinner. I was on the phone to my friend, and she was like, did you actually have an operation today? (laughs) And that was the one thing that I had prayed for, that I wouldn't feel so much pain and even like my physiotherapist and the doctors for the second operation as well they were like we can't believe like you shouldn't be able to be so mobile it should take you weeks but within a few days I was almost back to normal and there were so many other ways in which God brought good out of this but I don't have time to share it all Jerry's very kindly read all 16 pages of my testimony (laughs) um So at the end of my sick leave, I met a really nice Christian guy, and I thought, yes, this is going to be my happy ending after a rubbish six months. And despite God telling me many times through many people to stay away from this guy, so once I was actually here at the evening service, and Claude, for those of you who don't know, was our our previous student pastor Um, he had a word to break a bad relationship, and my body literally shook. It was the weirdest thing ever. Um, So I chose to ignore him. (laughs) Being very wise. um, And I thought, no, that can't be from God. That can't be from God. And I ended up dating someone who suffered from multiple addictions, alcohol, gambling, and drugs. Within a couple of months, some of the ex-addictions became current addictions, and he started lashing out. God spoke to me through various people, and I eventually decided to seek God and heard from him myself to end things, and he gave me the courage and a way to do so. Although my battle is very different from Gideon's, the victory is God's in both cases. What the enemy threw at me to pull me down has only strengthened my faith and the faith of those around me, increasing Godfidence. We may not understand what's going on in this season of our lives, but we have a choice to trust God and not be afraid and be Godfident. But we have to remain plugged into him. Our thoughts need to be filled with his truth. When I was too sad to worship, the Holy Spirit prompted me to just listen to worship music. When I couldn't pray, God brought people around me to pray for me. And actually, some of you here this evening wouldn't have even known what was going on in my life, and you prayed for me when I came to the front. And I'm so thankful for that. I chose to remember the good things that God had done in my life and praise him for that rather than focusing solely on what was going wrong in my life. These things and God's grace and mercy are what help me become Godfident. So how is God calling you to be Godfident? Our number one calling is building our relationship with God. We are all called to do more than just be nice people in the hope that someone might notice we're Christian. Although it's a good start, you know, showing his love to others. We are all called to bring people to him. It's not just for the evangelist 
or the confident ones, remembering that God often uses the weakest. When we step out in faith, God blesses it. He will give us the words and the way to do it. We need only to ask for his help. We can just show the next slide. Be Godfident, as it says in Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2, I will trust in him and not be afraid. As it says in Luke chapter 10, verse 2, that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. God can give you the confidence to be one of the workers that leads people to him. Now, if there's one thing I want you to take out of what I've said this evening, it's the the slide that's just disappeared. (laughs) Be confident. His power at work in us can do far more than we dare ask or imagine. Thank you very much. If I could... Oh, (laughs) thanks. very much. Um, If I could ask the worship band to come to the stage, and if I can ask you all to um, just stand as we move into a, a time of ministry time.